Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in May of 2021. And welcome to episode 47, The Forgotten Standards. We need like spooky music or something. (laughs) Yeah, the standards for mathematical practice. (laughs) We want to give a shout out to Takesha Martinez, who posted a really nice tweet on Twitter. She said, I teach middle school in a K-8 school, and I love listening to you every week. You are two down-to-earth ladies that make it easy to relate because you discuss things we see every day in the classroom. I share your podcast and website with the teachers at my campus weekly. You're awesome. Heart. Takesha, you're awesome. Yes, you are. Thank you so much for reaching out. It means so much to us. And Laura and I were discussing, you know, this was our first year starting Learning Through Math and creating a website and the podcast. And the podcast consumed a lot of our time because we were focused on that and and doing that. But we have exciting plans as to what's coming and and growing that website. So keep looking, especially in the summer. We're going to be popping some stuff up there. Yeah. we have some more time. Yes, yes. <laughs> and we don't have a lot of time this summer, but we are definitely going to be growing our website. Yes. My reflection this week is both of us have been attending Pam Harris's five-day math challenge live webinars. Yes. Which, by the way, I mean, I know they're doing it at 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, but that's yeah. 8 o'clock for us. And then I'm doing the after-party one, so really, it's from 8 to 9.30 p.m. I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it's late. It is. To do, like, deep, good thinking, yeah. you know? But anyways, it's super good. And one of the things that she challenged just to do was to ask an addition question. Mm -hmm. This morning, I asked two fifth grade girls, what is 99 plus 43? And the both of them wrote imaginary stacked algorithms, Mm. one in the air, one on the table, and both of them got 142. Well, there was another teacher in there too, and she said, well, why don't you just do 100 plus 42? Grab the grab one from the 42. So that was two ways. Right. I also asked my mom yesterday in you the did. car on the way home, and she went to the standard algorithm. And I said, Mom, why did you do that? And yeah. she said, that's the first thing that popped in yeah, my mind. Right. And I said, well, what about... And she goes, oh, you want me to <laughs> think about it a little differently. Okay, so 100... And she got to the she 100 and everything. Yes, yeah, so and way to go, Mom. Yeah, good job, Mom. <laughs> my reflection has to do with our previous episode, Game On. You know, this question kind of percolated in my in my head. Do games belong in the classroom? Because a lot of people believe that they shouldn't be in the classroom. Do you know that that's one of my goals for next year? Yes. Is to have in the math block, in the rotations, a game a day. Yeah. I think a lot of people think that it's a waste of time that they're, but yeah, I know. Listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. 
say I think that. No, I, 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 I don't. I believe that they should be in the classroom because there's so much math that goes on without the kids knowing and and the <laughs> without en- them knowing they're learning. Yes, <laughs> and the engagement that happens is like no other. You yep. can't you can't get that from a worksheet. Not at all. So we have to have games in order for them to ease up on their math anxiety, mm-hmm. to build relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. They have to build. They have to play games. And we're we're talking about purposeful games, right? I'm not saying take out Twister. <laughs> <laughs> Although, wait, I'm already thinking there's a raise on there that we can talk about. Maybe if we could change the shapes and instead <gasps> of circles. Oh my. Right? That's not a bad idea, is it? That isn't a bad idea. All right. We know we're not going to do it. So somebody here, we just gave you the idea. Maybe give us a percentage of your royalties. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be nice. All right. Our good news. Ooh, this is a good one. Ready? We're going to say it at the same time. Okay. We We said said no. no. (laughs) We're so proud. I, I'm so proud of myself because I really thought about saying yes and I really thought about it over the weekend and I got to school Monday morning and my answer was no. Yep. And it's, it, it's something that I would have done. Your no is something that you would have done. Yeah. Like, we're just done. And I, I literally said, no, my plate is full. Right. I, 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 no, I have to, I have to go upstairs and have lunch. Right. I have to, I have to get ready for my group at, at later after right. school. Uh, no. Maybe you have to go to the bathroom. Well, I had to do that too. Well, there you go. It wasn't in my list because <laughs> really those other things were more pressing. But I, I, I. Never, I never say no. Me neither. I really don't. And and it's funny that we both said no <laughs> at the same week. Right? Like, yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. Hmm. But don't you feel like a weight was lifted off oh, your shoulders? Completely. It was liberating. And I don't feel guilty. No. No. I, <laughs> Me neither. I don't feel guilty. I'm so proud of my decision. I'm so glad I said no. I would be both. That's it. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. This is going to be a big one. We're going to try to keep it short. There's a lot that we want to go over, though. As I mentioned before, these are we're going to be looking at the forgotten standards, and those are the standards for mathematical practice. And sometimes people call them the math practice standards or the math practices or the SMPs. I think people forget about them because we're so focused on the content standards. On our grade specific ones. Yes, that we forget about these practice standards that go from K to 12. Right. We're going to approach this by looking at each mathematical practice, kind of summarizing it a little bit, and then giving some examples of what it looks like in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Because that's really, we want to be able to relate this to relate to everybody. Absolutely. And I don't know if it's important to really give this to kids. Do kids need this? Not in this language. Okay. (laughs) Do you think that it's valuable for them to have a copy of like kid-friendly terms? Okay, let me ask you something. Do you give them the standards? No. The content standards? No. No. So no. I don't think we have to give them. We just have to have them do them. Right. I mean, they're called practice standards because we want them to 
constantly practice them, right? But it's really more for teachers. It's not something that they need to have. Right. I mean, maybe middle and high school, if they, in their syllabus, they, you know, say, here's everything you're going to learn. And by the way, here's something you've been doing since kindergarten. Right, right. <laughs> or should have been doing since kindergarten. Right. Because like, what's the benefit? That's, I don't I, know. Because I think, I think some teachers have put, posted it in their rooms and even in elementary level. Or right. Like, I've, I've had them posted in my room. Right. And I've handed room. it out to students. Right. Like I've put it in their notebooks. But right now you're thinking... Did I we never do that? we never use them right so it became we never it just it was wallpaper just, yes. or just an extra thing in their notebook to take up space so I'm curious listeners if you have found it beneficial mm-hmm. to, to provide students with this I would love to hear how that worked and how you were able to do that because I just haven't I just don't I don't see how explaining it all to them was really helpful for them and I I think I say it all the time right I say specific ones that's different though that's not yeah right it's not handing them a piece of paper but i would say you know mathematicians blah 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 yes. or don't forget we blah 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 right. whatever that is right. you know right all right let's go over the practice number one number one says make sense of problems and persevere in solving them you know, I don't know. Out of looking at all eight, that's probably the one for me that, mm, I don't know, there's a few that really stick with me. Yeah. But that one, whew, that's all about the productive struggle that we want kids yes. to have. No spoons allowed in the room. We're not right. spoon feeding anybody. No. We, we don't want to catch them before they fall. Right. Right. We want them to have that good struggle, not frustrating struggle but the things to get their brain activated and thinking this is where growth mindset comes in this is totally. where establishing an environment of learning mm-hmm. and safe learning that mistakes are mistakes fine, are, yes you know and that we're not going to laugh or exactly. be embarrassed or feel like like belittled because we're making mistakes like that we're just going to celebrate mistakes mm-hmm. number two is reason abstractly and quantitatively what does this one mean this one's not as obvious as the first one i, I don't think so either after rereading and rereading and rereading the standards three things really came to to my attention the flexibility and relationships yeah. of numbers and then creating a story out of numbers that are given or creating expressions or equations out of a story. Yeah. So it's either using a context to create an expression or equation or it's using an expression or equation to create a context. Right. And if I'm looking at my own classroom for this one, I, I really don't do that second one enough. I don't, or the first one, or whichever one right. now. <laughs> Contextualize <laughs> or decontextualize. But really having kids make their own stories, mm-hmm. giving them a problem and saying, what does this look like? What What is going on here? You know what? I don't think I'm... I, I don't do that either. I don't do it enough. I definitely do the reverse, but yes. I don't do... Here's, yeah. here's the naked numbers. Right. Make a story problem right. or out of this. here's the answer. Make... I, I mean, I, I, a while ago, I had that as a anchor chart. Yes. Like a few years ago. So I really have to go back to that one. That's all right. Well, because it's powerful. It's a, it's a really. I'm laughing because I'm putting it back on your front burner. <laughs> I'm going to need 
Another I, front burner. What's, um, what's that? Another stove? I, I think you're going to need like a restaurant size <laughs> griddle or yes. something. Me too. <laughs> Seriously. All right, let's go to number three. Number three is construct viable arguments and critique the reasoning of others. We both said that this was our favorite one. Mm-hmm. And my interpretation of constructing viable arguments and critiquing the reasoning of others, to me, that means also tinkering with numbers playing with them, manipulating them, seeing how one thing that you do affects the other. I also think a huge part of it is that students get to clarify their thinking. Right. Right. And this is where Peter's vertical non-permanent surfaces come up. Yes. Yes. And I always hear Julie Dixon, Mm -hmm. when she models a lesson, she always says, I love this. I love this too. She says, oh, what did he say? Right. So what did she say? One student says something. Right. And she doesn't say anything. She just says, what did he say? And she points. And she points to like that other student. She'll do this in a small group. She'll do this in a whole mm-hmm, group. Mm-hmm. I love it because it really encourages kids to listen to each other. Yep. Now, with co I have to say with COVID, know, that didn't I happen. Know. I was repeating kids all the time because my online learners could Couldn't not hear, hear right. my in-school learners. Right. By the <sighs> way, I've hardly heard the in-school learners I'm in a first grade class, and this kid is way, way over there. And he's so very And I'm like, what? what? And I say to the girl next to me, did you hear what he said? Yes. And she's like, yes. I said, what did he say? <laughs> Tell me what did he say. And I know I have good hearing, so it's not that. No. It's so sad. Yes. You know, I, yeah. we all sound like the Charlie Brown teacher. Yep. And here also, I think, is, is where number talks really come in, too, yes. because they're explaining their thinking and then... When you have turn and talks, you see the strategy that a child has used. Mm-hmm. They can talk about, oh, I I like this way better because of blah, blah, blah. And I prefer this strategy because da, 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 whatever. Yep. yep. All right. The fourth SMP is to model with mathematics. I think I love this one, too. Because it brings in estimation Mm -hmm. and reasonableness of Mm -hmm. answers. Mm -hmm. So I have to tell you, Wonder Wednesday. Oh, yes. I have two teachers that consistently not only do it, but I go in and either help them do something with it or whatever. Yeah. The past week, it was the one from Estimation 180 from... Andrew Siddell's site with the roll of pennies. Okay. And it was about how much do you think this roll is worth? Okay. And then this week was nickels. One of the teachers sent me a photo of kids with rows, like two rows of nickels. And I went to her after school. I said, wait, where did you get all these nickels from? And apparently she has a magic Mary Poppins bag in her room that has everything under the sun. Wow. But the kids actually got to use the coin. Wait, not the plastic coins, but the real coins. And think about it and argue constructively, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That was amazing. Amazing. In this one, I also see it in the classroom when we have to, like that whole reasonableness of an answer, Mm -hmm. when we're multiplying decimals and when we multiply fractions to just really understand, well, and decimals also, understanding that when you multiply something that's less than one, that's it. Less than one times something that's less than one will give you a smaller piece. That whole... It blows their mind. I'm telling you... Fractions are the great divide. I know there's arguments out there that pre-algebra and algebra are the great divide. 
I'm telling you, Laura Tomas says. <laughs> <laughs> fractions. I'm telling you, if, if they don't understand, and I mean truly understand fractions, yeah. and how to operate with them, forget it. Forget ratios and proportions and all of that kind of strategic thinking. Yeah, and operate with them doesn't mean keep change flip. <sighs> Let's just throw, I'm just going to throw that one out there. No, you there's can a little stamp bonus. it on my head. <laughs> you don't, little, there's a little, it does not mean keep change flip. That's you all not, see how passionate she is right that's now. That's not an no, operation. No, that's a trick which makes no sense. And when I got to actually bring out the pieces and we were dividing the whole number by a unit fraction or dividing the unit fraction by a whole number, yeah. when you actually get to use the pieces and see it, then you're like, oh, right. it that's makes what makes sense. sense. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. it does. Yep. Number five is use appropriate tools strategically. I do love this one too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think here what our interpretation was, was using manipulatives, using tech tools. But even non-tech tools. Right. Like paper and pencil. Right. You, you can, that's a, a tool. A protractor. Right. A compass. We a ruler. Need, yes. What other tools do we use? Well, what about... A calculator. That was another tool. Yes. What about online tools? Yeah. There's one that I really like is GeoGebra. Mm -hmm. And that one, because it has... Teachers have created now. I don't know the programming behind I would love to. That's another rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, I would love to learn... I'm going to give you another carrot. <laughs> I'd love to learn how to program those. But you can search for little... They're like little programs that you can run. And I love the ones that show multiplying a fraction by a fraction or adding a fraction by a fraction because it's like a visual representation and they they can slide the one slides to the other like huh. into the other fraction and it creates same size pieces i don't i haven't used that one i'll have to show you okay it's literally like if you have two thirds on one side and then you're adding it to three fourths mm -hmm. it'll show both of them and like a red and a blue right and then it'll slide them you can slide there's a slide Okay. at the bottom and okay. you can literally slide them closer and closer and closer together yes. until they overlap and then the overlap is like purple so you can see nice. that area that they've created or that they're same size pieces whatever it was right, that I right. was saying yeah right, right. Uh, <laughs> whatever know. the I example I, was I think I was adding and now I'm multiplying <laughs> but what I, I, I followed you exactly <laughs> and I'm sure our listeners did too it's all very cool so <laughs> if you haven't explored GeoGebra it's worth exploring okay and I, I was going to say Desmos is another one yeah. that I personally have not explored a Me lot. Neither. Because I honestly I feel like it's more middle school. middle and high school. Yes. So listen, middle and high school teachers, if you've never explored Desmos, please go to it. Find something that is totally cool and let us know about yeah, it. Yeah, I hear amazing things. Me I too. I really do. Me yeah. too. Yeah. The other one I love is exploding dots. Oh. That's a great tool James. For, for place value. Thank you, James Tanton. <laughs> so good. The sixth one. Yeah, I, it, this one is probably my top one is about attend to precision. Sorry, I know I liked a lot of the other you ones did. too. But I really, as I reread and reread this, I really thought that before it was just about using precise mathematical language but it's so much more than that right that's part of it having clear definitions but i think i i hooked on to precise mathematical language because 
all the time I would say, let's say that, you know, the kids were doing something with markers. Yeah. And at the end, maybe they had to say 12 markers and they would just say 12. And yes. I'd say 12 donuts. And I they say would, bananas. Right. <laughs> I go for the unhealthy. She goes for the healthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's one part of attending to precision is, is using units. But it, there is so much more to that one. There is. It's it's also clear definitions. It's clear meaning of symbols as well. Mm-hmm. That we all have to understand that the equal sign, and you and I talked about this before. I, I do this in every single classroom now. Yeah. I put my hands up, one on each side of mm-hmm. me, and I'll kind of swirl one hand around, and I'll say the equal sign means, and I'll swirl the other hand around, the same value as. And I tell them all all the time the equal sign does not mean the answer is that's not what it means right. it means there is the same value on both sides because of that we sign. can write two plus three equals five mm-hmm. or we can write five equals two plus three you got it one more thing here though i think that it's really important that as a school community we also all have the same vocabulary that what is being said in kindergarten is also being said in fifth through, grade. Yeah, through those grades, especially when it comes to things that we share, like mm-hmm. like geometry. Those definitions mm-hmm. should be school wide. Yeah, well, they should be nationwide. Well, they should. They should be. <laughs> are they? Is there a? There, I don't think they are. No, because we could go ask. I don't know. Ten people. What's a rectangle? And you know how many people would say two short sides and two long yes, sides? Yes. Uh, uh, no. That's, that's that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> honestly. That's because we probably right. share. Well, and also brain, that the rhombus know? is a diamond. Oh god. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Oh, what shape is that? Oh, that's a diamond. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. 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 It's a rhombus. It's a rhombus. A rhombus. And don't even get me started about squares. And, and that also this th- and this. I think yeah. also something else is Place value is also very important to emphasize that that precision of language. When we say the names of decimals, if we say 0.35. To a a fourth grader, to a fifth grader. It's not enforcing. It means nothing. Place value, right. We have to be careful. And this is, I know this is a little different for middle school and high school because they deal with much longer decimals. Right. By then, the kids, please God, have that foundation yes. of, okay, I don't have to say 3,500th. I know it's 0.35. Right. That that is 3,500th. Right. But in elementary, there's... We have to. Because they don't know it. No. They don't know it. And when, and when they see it in expanded form, Ugh. they don't get it. They don't get why it's... Or when they're trying to change it right from i think this is really important in sixth grade too because when you're converting it from a decimal to a fraction Mm -hmm. i mean you're literally saying the fraction name when you say the name of the decimal properly right you know 35 hundredths is literally 35 for base 10 right yes 35 over 100 (laughs) is 35 hundredths that's how to read it (laughs) zero decimal three five like I mean, it's just so evident. It's so obvious. And if we're we're taking that practice away from them. Well, we're taking the ability for them to make, make connections. further connections. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're robbing them of making connections. That's we are. It. We That's are. That's it. Oh, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. 
Look for and make use of structure. Now, what was this one about, Laura? This was really about finding patterns of things. Yes. And one example you and I talked about was five plus seven. And what did your brain do? I decomposed the five into three and two. Mm-hmm. So I could think of it as seven plus three plus two. So you made a I 10. I made a 10. Right. right. So it was just 12. And in my mind, I automatically said to myself, well, five and seven are only one apart on either side of the six. So I change it to six plus six. Loved it. <laughs> Again, one of my cute little sayings is patterns matter. Yes. They they matter so much in math. Yes, because that's where, I mean, you don't need the nine trick. You can instead, which I, I I mean, I can't believe I I wasn't taught this. I know what you're going to say. Yes. If you're trying to figure out nine times eight, all you have to do is do 10 times eight Mm -hmm. and then take away one group of eight. Yep. Yep. I know. And I wish we were taught those strategies oh, me too. when we were growing up. I wish we got to or, have number talks. Yes. Or that we were at least like encouraged to, f- to find our own patterns. You know what? I'm still friends with a lot of my grade school friends on Facebook. I'm going to reach out to them and ask them some questions about math if they remember doing anything other than the traditional way that we were taught. I'm sure they don't. Or if they wanted to, or if they thought about numbers in a different way, I'm going to reach out to some of them. Yep. I'll let y'all know what happens, listeners. (laughs) The eighth standard for mathematical practice is to look for and express regularity in repeated reasoning. Okay, so what does that mean? Okay, again, reasonableness of answers. And of course, some of these practices overlap, right? But reasonableness was a huge one. Efficiency. Yeah. Right? Yes, being able to. And it it did talk about, it sounded like it was talking about the standard algorithm in this one. Right. But it never said the standard algorithm. It just said in a shorter way. A shortcut a shortcut, a shortcut, creating a shortcut. So that to, to, to us, us meant right. efficiency. Right. Because if you're going to create a shortcut, then you're trying to be more efficient. Right. And AKA not, quote, faster, because we know faster isn't smarter. Yes. Yeah. And, and note that the standard algorithm isn't always the most efficient. Yep. Right. Again, it's if I'm if I'm subtracting 372 from 1,000. Baby, I'm going to count up. <laughs> yeah, or... Or you're going to do constant difference, yeah, right? Yeah, 999 mm-hmm. minus... Whatever, 371, I, said, I think. Yeah, yeah, so much easier. So much easier. No regrouping right. involved. Exactly. Did I tell you what I've been saying to my small group fifth grade students? No. I've been saying to them, if I could give you one gift before you leave elementary school, it's to be able to be flexible yeah. with numbers. Yeah. That you don't always have to start it there and add on or, you know, whatever. You can do something different with numbers, put them back together right. and still come up with the same answer. And I think it's starting to sink into their heads. Good. Which is really cool. I'm a little bit more rebellious when I tell what I tell my students. I say. <laughs> what do you do? I say, if a teacher doesn't tell you or explain why, oh. you better ask them again to explain or contact me and I'll find out for you. Yeah. Well, I've also <laughs> said, if you don't understand what the teacher is talking about, ask them to draw a visual model. Oh, I like that. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll add that to my thing. Mm-hmm. 
draw a visual a little, model. A little rebellious. Oh, yeah. Oh, I tell them. I said, you're going to bug your middle school teachers? I don't care. Bug yeah. them. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you can't see it, what's the point? All right, listeners, our challenge for you this week, we want you to dive back into those standards for mathematical practices. And if your country has something other than that, you know, what it's called, I, first of all, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> what's the title of yours? But instead of the content standards, whatever the other standards are, or maybe your country doesn't even have any, we kind of would like to know that too. So anybody in any other part of the world, please tag us on Twitter. We, we would love to know what's going on in your country. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too. Thank you.